Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Good morning for Every Day is Earth Day. Today we are talking with a sustainable produce farmer near Waldorf, and his name is Dan Zimmerly. He is also on the Farmer's Market Board of Directors and is with the farm called Cedar Crate Farms. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad to talk to you. So you have sort of fit all sorts of categories with what we do here on Everyday as Earth Day, talking about sustainable farming, talking about the farmer's market, keeping it local and all those sorts of things. So first of all, would you tell us a little bit about the Cedar Crate Farm and what you do there? Sure, yeah. So we are a small scale, we're three acres, uh, diversified. So we grow over 90 different varieties of produce. So produce farm, and we're situated southeast of Mankato. We market 90% of our produce directly to the end consumers through the Mankato Farmers Market and through our community-supported agriculture program, which is, for those who aren't familiar, uh, it's basically a subscription vegetable box that you get throughout the summer every week based on what's in season. Uh, that other 10%, uh, we market through the St. Peter Food Co-op and a few area restaurants and, and cafes. Now, when you talk about the where people get food, is that called a CSA or something? Yep, yep, CSA. So it stands for Community Supported Agriculture, which, which basically just means that you're relying directly on the community to sort of support your farming business. And so what happens is we have people sign up for vegetables uh, in the winter months. So usually like January, February are pretty big sign-up months for us. They pay a little bit of a down payment, and that gives us a little bit of money to buy seeds and fertilizer and pay our staff so we have produce available, uh, usually starting in May. CSA just really helps small farms like mine kind of get uh, a start on the season with a little bit of capital to kind of get things get things moving. How many subscribers do you have then for that CSA portion of your business? Uh, we have right around 100 subscribers this season. And then you say the vast majority, though, goes through the, the farmer's market here in town. Yep. So we have pickup locations at, yeah, at the Mankato Farmer's Market. That's where the majority of our CSA members, we call them, uh, pick up their shares. We have some people that pick up at the St. Peter Food Co-op as well, and then just a couple of people that pick up here on the farm. But the rest of the produce is sold at the farmer's market, correct? Yep, that's right. So, yeah, it uh, kind of breaks out like, oh, I suppose 50% of our kind of total produce goes through the farmer's market, 40% goes through the CSA, and then that last 10% goes through our wholesale channels. You describe your farm as sustainable. What does that mean? Yeah, so sustainable kind of means something different to everybody. It's not like a controlled type of word like organic is, but sustainable to us means that Kind of fundamentally, we're taking care of the soil kind of first and foremost. Soil is sort of foundational to uh, growing produce, as you, uh, it's pretty easy to guess. But uh, there's certain practices that you can do that help improve the quality and health of the soil. So some of those practices that we incorporate here on our farm are um, incorporating cover crops onto our farm. Um, and that's where we plant a crop that we're not intending to harvest for sale, but it's for the purposes of improving our soil. Um, and we've steadily grown the amount of cover crops that we grow every year so that basically at some point in the season, our, our farm, uh, every sort of square foot of our farm is 
has a cover crop on it. So that's one of the practices that we do. The other is that we don't use like synthetic fertilizers. We use uh, organic chicken manure fertilizer from um, a local company called High Island Organics. And so one of, one of the big things there is that commercial chemical fertilizers, in, in particular nitrogen, rely on the Haber-Bosch process, which is very energy intensive to synthesize nitrogen. And so by eliminating that, we're saving energy on that side, and we're also not polluting our waters because we're using something that doesn't, uh, isn't as water-soluble, essentially. It breaks down more slowly um, so that our plants can use it instead of ending up in lakes and streams and things like that. Why is this important to you, Dan, to be sustainable? Well, for, for us, for my wife and I, uh, we, we really feel like the food that we put in our bodies is sort of foundational to our health and well-being. And so we want that food to be the best quality possible. And that's why we got started in farming uh, and farming produce is because we wanted to grow the food that we eat and we wanted to grow it in a way uh, that we feel is healthy and sustainable for ourselves and for the environment. And you are also on the board of the Mankato Farmers Market. And I'm just yep. curious, give a little history of the farmer's market and what it does, what it's all about. Sure. So our farmer's market has been around since the mid-1980s, I believe. I think, don't quote me on this, I think it's around 35 seasons that the market has been in business. And it just, and back in the 80s, before my time, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty small, just a couple of vendors. Um, and to today, it's grown to... Um, we have, I believe, around 50 vendors this season, um, and so we've really filled out our space well with all kinds of, of different types of vendors, different types of farmers, including everything from, you know, uh, meats and proteins, eggs, honey, uh, maple syrup, apples, uh, all of those kinds of things. Um, and then we also have craft-type vendors uh, at the market as well. So we have uh, kind of a good collection of different types of vendors at the market, so there's really something kind of for everybody at the market. I think we're all used to seeing in the past, it used to be a pickup truck with a load of sweet corn on a corner somewhere. And it, like you said, it's really expanded since then and it's more organized. So how is it organized? Who can participate? And why would I want to do that? Yeah, so we're, our organization, we're, we're sort of self-run and self-governed. So the, the vendors are members of the organization that sort of is the overseeing body of the market. So we have have meetings where we decide we need to make changes to the market and that kind of thing. So uh, the market is run by vendors for not only vendors, but also the community as well. Um, and so for folks who are interested in becoming a member, you have to kind of have your ducks in a row and you have to start early. So it's already too late to get started for this season. Uh, we've already started our first farmer's market. And so we have on our website, we have a vendor application uh, and we also have the rules and bylaws that our market operates under. Nothing, nothing crazy in there, just uh, making sure that, you know, the produce or the products that you seek to bring to the market are either made by you, they're made by you um, and made within a certain radius of the market. So we don't have anything that's shipped in at our market. And, and just other kind of rules like what the stall size is and how much it costs and those kinds of things are all explained there. So that's the best place to kind of get started if you're interested in becoming a vendor at the Mankato Farmers Market. Uh, we've seen a huge uptick in interest in people becoming vendors, especially since the uh, COVID pandemic uh, in 2020. 
We have a lot of room on our weekdays, and our Saturdays are are pretty full as far as vendors go. Now, you mentioned you have about 50 vendors, so is that your max since nobody else is allowed to sign up after at this point? Yeah, we're, we're kind of at our, our max right now. People can sign up, and we have, um, so just to kind of get into some technicalities, so we have vendors who are have their products ready at a specific time of year. Take apples, for example. The first apples in Minnesota aren't really ready until August, usually the earliest varieties. And so there's a stall space there where uh, the apple vendor, you know, isn't there for the first sort of half or two-thirds of the season, but is there for the, the latter part of the season. And so all that to say that we have a rotator schedule as well for new vendors, folks who are interested in becoming a vendor where they can apply, uh, get on the rotator schedule, and sort of test the waters at the farmer's market. Is the farmer's market a nonprofit organization then? Uh, we're currently not formed as a nonprofit, like legally speaking, okay. uh, though we, we don't operate to make a profit. We just try to you know get as close to zero as possible when we balance our books. You mentioned there's not a whole lot of crazy rules, as you said, but are there regulations about sustainability or things like that, trying to be more organic? The, no, the market in our bylaws currently doesn't have anything regarding vendors needing to be, you know, organic or sustainable or anything like that. Um, we, our market kind of relies more on sort of like the customer driven side of it. And at least for our business, we've definitely seen a strong demand for produce that's grown without chemicals, without herbicides and pesticides and things like that. So we've seen that kind of on the customer demand side. However, there isn't specific language in our rules or bylaws that, you know, that forbids, you know, the use of chemicals and that kind of thing. So that would be up to the consumer to ask the vendor saying, do you use organic or other? Yeah, that's kind of the beauty, in my opinion, of the farmer's market and the CSA program is that you really do get to know your farmer. And so you build a relationship with them, you trust them and those kinds of things. It's not as sort of like, you know, when you're shopping in the grocery store, you never see the farmer that grew, you know, whatever it is you're shopping for. It's just, it doesn't happen. But at the farmer's market, you're buying straight from the farmer. You could ask whatever question you want, and then you can make your decision on if you want to purchase that thing or not. So if we're not in the habit of going to the farmer's market, why would you say it would be a good idea for people to to go? I think it's really easy to get started at a farmer's market. You don't have to buy anything to go to a farmer's market. You just show up and take a look around. And I think the the products and the produce will sort of speak for itself. And uh, eventually, you know, people find sort of the vendor that they kind of click with in a way. And so they, and they shop with them week after week after week. And it's really kind of a nice thing. So if, if you don't, if you're just getting started, you know, just, just hang out. Every farmer is happy to see another new face at, at the market. Uh, we're happy to chat with you about, you know, our growing practices, what kind of crops we like to grow, why we grow them, um, those kinds of things. Like, it's kind of, at least for my own business, we're kind of a, a little bit of like an open book as far as, you know, what we do and why we do it and that kind of thing. Dan, what would be a farmer's market 101 for someone who's never gone? How, what should you look for? Where should you go? Should you check it all out yeah. first or have a goal in mind or, or just explain 101? 101. So first thing I would do is check out our Facebook page where we're going to have posts about when our markets are open and what vendors may be there and what kind of products you would expect to see there. And what is that Um, called? uh, Mankato Farmer's Market. Okay. 
So our hours, uh, right now in May, we're open Saturdays only. Starting in June, we open on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Saturdays, we're open in the morning, 8 a.m. to noon. And then in June, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're open from 3 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. So, uh, and then just logistically, we're located at the Best Buy parking lot in Mankato. Um, usually there's plenty of parking, though on a busy Saturday, it can be a little tricky. You sometimes have to park kind of across the street, but usually you can find a spot. Um, you don't necessarily need to bring cash. Many vendors will accept a card. Many vendors prefer cash, but will still take a card. And then the market is also equipped to you can run your card and get tokens that you can spend at the market that are same as cash at the market. So there's a lot of ways to, to shop and pay at the market. Some vendors take Venmo as well, but uh, cash is, is still the most popular currency. Um, but uh, our own farm, we take a card. Uh, we're happy to do it. We know that you know it's just kind of trending in that direction. Should you bring your own bag? Should you get there very early? Does it matter? So many vendors have bags to supply, but a lot of vendors, us, we love we love it when people bring a reusable basket or a bag or that kind of thing. It just makes things makes things easy and it's less plastic and those are all all good things. You should get there early for sort of kind of the hot crops of the season. So right now asparagus is just coming in. If you want to get a bunch of asparagus, you should be there at the opening bell. You know, later on when the first sweet corn comes in, it's kind of the same story there. You want to get there early to make sure that you can get your your corn uh, and on and on for the different things that are really popular and just coming into season. Things would be that are really popular, you know, would be the first sugar snap peas, the sweet corn, green beans, tomatoes, any berries uh, would be very popular and sell out very quickly. So that is the strategy then. If you really want something specific, get there early. and. Yep plenty of products so if you're there later you know there's still plenty of stuff available but but yeah the early bird definitely gets the worm and let me ask you this is the are the prices similar to what you'd pay in a grocery store because that affects a lot of people and what they're willing to spend on produce etc yeah absolutely yeah absolutely so the the vendors all set their own prices i would say that on average it's probably a little bit higher than the grocery store but the flip side is usually you're getting produce that is, has been picked the day before, and so it's going to last a lot longer in your fridge or your pantry. So instead of having that, you know, that head of lettuce that you bought at the grocery store that's just about inedible by the time you mm-hmm. get home, you know, our lettuce will last, you know, two weeks in the fridge. So you'll have less produce waste, less food waste by shopping and buying fresh. And the market also does accept Farmer's Market Nutrition Program checks. Uh, when it's in season, I think that starts in June, I believe, and EBT as well. So there's so for folks who are participating in those programs, we have ways uh, where you can use those dollars at the market. I love that you called it hot crops, and I was just trying to think of what would be some hot items, and you mentioned the things like asparagus, sweet corn, snap peas, uh, bean, green beans, etc. How about things like honey and milk? Do they sell eggs and milk and that sort of thing too? Dairy is the one category where we are lacking at our market. Oh. We used to have a cheese vendor, but uh, folks who just know that the, the regulations surrounding dairy are rather stringent, um, especially for small-scale farmers. It, it's very difficult to make that work. And so dairy is very, very hard to do to do well at, at like a farmer's market. So so know that. Other things like honey, um, generally, I think we have a pretty much year-round supply of honey at the market. I think it's rare 
for there not to be honey available. How about maple um, syrup? That's another one I think of as seasonal, perhaps, unless they've got a lot made ahead. Yeah, our, our maple syrup vendor usually sells out by like late July, maybe, oh. or something like that. So they've got a really good supply, but they do eventually run out. So, but yeah, that's a, that's a great question for some of those other types of products. Bacon is kind of another one, especially when like BLT season rolls around. You know, everybody wants a nice, um, <laughs> you know, nice uh, slab of bacon to go with their sandwich. So that's another kind of hot item, especially during tomato season. Yeah, I was going to ask you when BLT season was, but Jen, you said tomatoes. I guess that makes sense because I was trying to figure out what is bacon season? Isn't everyday bacon season? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it should be. (laughs) Right? It sounds like a very wonderful and successful farmer's market. Do you usually get pretty big crowds there? Yeah, I mean, we had a great opening crowd here uh, last week was our first Saturday outdoor Saturday of the season here, uh, and we had a great crowd. Uh, so that was really nice to see so many people out. We had a ton of vendors there. I think every vendor spot was full on Saturday too. So that was that was awesome. Uh, I hope that kind of continues throughout the season. Definitely picks up starting in July when there's just there's so much variety available. So it gets. It gets pretty fun. I mean, it's fun now, but it gets it gets really fun uh, in the summer. And I know North Mankato has a farmer's market as well as do uh, many other communities. How does one go about mm-hmm. find their nearest farmer's market? Is there a organization that lists them? The, the best one, uh, organization I know of for farmers, well, there's two. There's the Minnesota Farmer's Market Association, and they have, uh, so MFMA.org. I believe they have an interactive map with, nearly all of the farmers markets across Minnesota and I think there's like 50 or something like that. Uh, There's a lot of farmers markets in our state which is awesome. Another resource would be the Minnesota Grown website that's administered by the Minnesota Department of Ag. So again that's Minnesota Grown. They have farmers markets listed on their website as well. So those are two really good resources that I think would get pretty close to an exhaustive list of all of the markets in our state. And I wanted to ask you about the CSA program, yeah. which I've heard people who have, and know people who have done that, and you get X amount of groceries, depending on what's in season. So to pay a, a certain amount, do you ever get shorted because of crop failure or something, or, or how does that work? So the, the sort of the original CSA idea was that sometimes if, you know, if you got hailed out or if, uh, some other, you know, extreme stir- circumstance uh, destroyed a crop that there was potential that you may may get less in your box. Mm-hmm. That is uh, a realistic, I mean, that's a, that's a risk and it's like a shared risk model. And it's one of the ways that CSA farmers sort of mitigate the sort of lack of crop insurance for or meaningful crop insurance for vegetables. They're not to get too much in the sticks and the weeds about insurance programs, but just know that the insurance programs that are currently available for farms like mine to cover crop loss are, are not adequate, are not worth the premiums, they're oh. too expensive to be to work. And so we don't have crop insurance. So our, our sort of insurance is by planting a wide variety of crops that have varying uh, lengths from when you plant the seed to when it's ready. So some are shorter where they may only take a month and some are longer where it takes the whole season. So there's never a season where you're just going to pay the farmer and not get anything. And the farmer tries very, very hard to make sure that every week, you know, you have a filled out box that is worth what you paid down for your box. So I know in our own experience, 
so far we haven't had major crop shortages. We've always been able to fill our boxes with, you know, a respectable amount of produce. And many seasons we have excess that we're able to share, sort of share the bounty when we have too much, essentially. So, Dan, from Cedar Crate Farm, what might a box look like this from this week, for example? Sure. So just to give kind of folks, uh, uh, we're, we're early in the season, mm-hmm. very early for Minnesota yes. still. And so our CSA program actually doesn't uh, kick off until roughly mid-June. Oh, um, that makes so sense. So we have a nice, yeah. nice wide variety of stuff by then. And also so that we don't sort of burn people out on the early spring crops, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. You wouldn't want to get lettuce and radish week after week after week for five weeks until yeah. the first peas are ready, yeah. right? So right. we start in mid-June, so I'll just kind of describe um, a mid-June box. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would include lettuce, radish, most likely include lettuce, radish, spinach, um, and a lot of greens, arugula, kale, that kind of thing. We have some popcorn that we uh, grew last season oh, nice. um, that dried down over the winter that we would include in the box for a little extra variety. Um, and there's a good chance that our first beets and carrots may be ready uh, by mid-June. So we would also maybe have some beets and carrots, weather depending, in that first box. Uh, our CSAs are customizable. So if you're like, oh, geez, I don't really like radish. Well, you can swap out those okay. radishes <laughs> and get, you know, another head of lettuce or another bunch of carrots or, you know, whatever your whatever your favorite thing is. So that's really nice for people because... I think everybody has that vegetable, but they're just like, I don't really love that one. And <laughs> and that's totally fine. Yeah. Well, how do people subscribe then? I mean, you're obviously one of many vendors there, but Cedar Crate Farm, for example, do you just go to your website or your Facebook page? Yep, ours is all online on our website. So you'd sign up on our website. We are actually sold out of CSA shares that's for right. the season. Mm-hmm. However, you can get on our uh, both our email list um, where you'd be sort of the first to know when CSA shares are available again for the next season. And then we also have a way where we uh, sometimes will sell surplus shares. We have enough extra produce. So uh, we usually do, but but not always. So it sounds like we'll see you at the farmer's market on Saturday, this Saturday? Yep, I'll be there rain or shine with a smiling face. So we open at 8 a.m. Oh, you're at 8 a.m. until about yep. noonish. Until noon, yep. And then check it out. And I assume because it's so early, you don't have all the vendors there quite yet? You know, actually, we had a full parking lot oh. last Saturday. I expect okay. uh, the same this coming Saturday. So we should have a full, all kinds of different vendors. I want to thank you. We've been chatting with Dan Zimmerly, who is a sustainable produce farmer, the Cedar Crate Farm, as well as on the board of directors of the Farmer's Market Organization. Thank you so much. Anything else you'd like people to know about the Farmer's Market or your farm, Dan? You know, I think we covered a lot of really good stuff. Uh, uh, Nothing comes to mind. Uh, I appreciate you having me on the show today. Well, thank you so much and and happy gardening. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.